overcoming financial stress with the saver and the spender. I'm your host and the spender, Michael Dickey. At Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, we are the worldwide leaders in reducing financial stress. And our mission is that everyone, from the person that is overwhelmed with their finances and in debt up to their eyeballs, to the person that makes good money, has amazing goals, and wants to achieve financial independence, finally to the person that feels a calling to help others by becoming a financial coach, learn how to take the stress out of money. Today we are pleased to have a really great interview with Lauren Kutzko, a career transition coach from the Entrepreneur Source. For lack of better words, Lauren is a franchise investment coach. He helps people that are in a transition in careers identify and start a new franchise business. This could be someone who is leaving a long career in a job and wants to start their own business, but wants to use a proven business model and product or service. Someone who wants to to diversify their investments even further by investing in a franchise, or even someone who wants to be a small business owner but doesn't know exactly the how or why of doing so. This is actually a really interesting topic to me because I have a small business, you know, I'm a small business owner, and I know the joys of having my own small business, but if I didn't have my wife as a business partner, I don't really know what kind of small business I would really want. And that's when I would actually hire Lauren to help coach me through finding the right franchise for my personality, lifestyle, goals, and passion. I had never really thought of a franchise as being a career, let alone a second act career. And when I think of franchises, I think of things like McDonald's or Ace Hardware and those kind of things. But Lauren will tell us how it is much more than that. And choosing a successful franchise comes down to really working through a lot about yourself, your lifestyle goals, your income goals, how much you want to work, your family, and a bunch of other things. And he actually works his clients through that to find the perfect franchise for them. So Lauren, I'm so excited to have you here. And thank you so much for joining us today on Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender. Um, first of all, just so everybody kind of gets to know you, why don't you tell us about yourself, where you're from, uh, anything about your family, and just kind of your background? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great to be here, Michael. I appreciate uh, the opportunity and I love what you guys do. So uh, it's, uh, it's my pleasure for sure. My name is Lauren Kutzko. I'm a career transition coach with the Entrepreneur Source. Uh, I have, uh, I'm, I'm married. Uh, I've got three young kids. It's kind of what I first think about when someone asks me to introduce myself because that takes up so much of my time. I've got a, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an eight-year-old. And uh, last night we were um, out at uh, a park playing pickleball together. Um, so you can often find us at some kind of sporting event or uh, playing outside together. Or uh, you know, probably one of the things I love to do most is take my kids up to the mountains and, and go skiing together. Uh, I grew up skiing, and so it's been fun to uh, be able to do that with them as a dad. But, um, yeah, you know, professionally, I uh, moved out to Phoenix about 15 or 16 years ago, um, played a few different executive roles, and then went out on my own to start a business uh, and started doing career transition coaching, where I mainly uh, work with people who are in career transition to help them set their life goals, their financial goals, their lifestyle goals, uh, and their career goals and then go look at different opportunities that line up with those, in, in particular in uh, franchise ownership, self-employment, small business ownership acquisition, things like that. Because uh, a lot of people are finding that with today's job economy, um, even though unemployment is so low, as they get later in their career and they've spent, you know, they've been earning some really good income, when they do get downsized voluntarily or involuntarily, owning a business is often a great option to kind of finish their career out. So that's a little bit of a, of a nutshell. So that's, that's, that's super interesting. And, you know, we've known each other for, I don't know, uh, 
not quite a year, but, uh, uh, and I'm really fascinated by what you do and, and being this transition coach and, and go, will you dive a little bit deeper into specifically, um, when somebody would consider hiring a transition coach such as yourself? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, most of the people that I work with tell me that they didn't even know that what I do existed. <laughs> and so, yes. um, but primarily what happens is someone will come to me when they're not sure what they want to do next. Um, and, and oftentimes that hits them kind of unexpectedly. So they, they've had a successful career up to this point. They've, they've led teams, they've managed large budgets. Um, they've seen themselves be successful time and time again. Uh, but then they end up finding themselves feeling frustrated, uh, or, or angry or inspired about opportunities that they see that they're not able to take advantage of. Um, I mean, a lot of times people get frustrated with a boss, they get frustrated with a long commute. There's just something about their life. They're not spending as much time with their family as they want to. Um, or, uh, you know, speaking, I know we're on a financial show speaking financially, um, sometimes they just feel like they've been doing everything that they were supposed to do financially. Um, you know, dollar cost averaging, putting money into their 401k, uh, every paycheck for 20 years, but they still look at the numbers and they look at it and they say, this is not going to get me where I'd like to be. Um, and so is there something I can do? Maybe, maybe I do have the skills and can take on a little bit more risk. And so are there businesses that I can run where I can put my own, you know, some of my own money into it? And see better returns, larger returns than I could by leaving my money in traditional investments. Um, so there's a lot of different factors that that lead people into the conversation. Um, but the main thing is, you know, really kind of being curious, being open minded, um, not being afraid of any particular path because we don't generally decide where we'll end up before we start looking. It's it's more of a learning and education experience. Hmm. And, and how do you talk some, so somebody kind of gets into that situation, they, they realize that either they're, um, on, maybe on their last leg at a job or they're, they're like, oh, you know what, something is just kind of flipped and I don't really want to be here anymore. They're forced out. How do you, what do you start to, to look at or ask them or to, to try to drive them to the right direction and coach them into the right franchise for them? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. And, you know, I always start with my client. Um, so it's really about, I mean, first of all, do we even like each other, right? I mean, you know, first of all, it's like, uh, are, are we even a good fit to work together? So I want to know all about uh, my client, what makes them tick, what their background is, uh, what their skills are, what they're interested in, you know, what they like doing when they're not even at work. And part of that is uh, most of us have gotten in the habit of making work first um, and making the rest of life kind of wrap around it or fill in the gaps. Um, but when you own your own business and you, and you, you know, you talk to a lot of business owners who are successful, um, they say almost the opposite. Uh, part of the reason that they wake up every day excited to go to work as the business owner is because they work hard and, and most business owners are not, you know, putting in part-time hours by any means, but they also are the one that has the, um, the agency and the autonomy and the control over that schedule. Uh, and so they're really able to wrap their business around their life. Mm. Um, and so that, that ends up being the thing that, um, that ends up making most entrepreneurs successful 
because the definition of success is here's the things that are important to me in life. Now, what career or business will help me get there is the second question. So the first meeting is all about that first question. What's important to you? What are your goals? And then I use a body of assessments to help really understand their behavioral style, um, their driving forces and motivators, uh, and, and then get a real objective read on what their top seven skills are out of a list of 25 soft skills that we use. Hmm. And then from there, you take those assessments and skills and, and your, your experience and, and say, here are a certain number of franchises, I think, that, that would work for your goals and your lifestyle? That's right. Yeah. That- I mean, owning a business in general and owning a franchise in particular uh, is pretty obvious. It's not for everybody, right? It has its own set of challenges. Um, but I work with a, um, an evolving, changing list of about 180, 190 different franchise businesses uh, that rely on uh, my team and I to bring them the best entrepreneurs. And so in the event that as someone, a client is telling me about their goals, in the event that they look entrepreneurial, in the event that they think that they might want or are curious and want to learn about what it could look like, if they can even get a business loan to start a business in the first place, because very few people use their own money to start a business. They're using other people's money. And, uh, and so in the event that that's a possibility for them, um, which it isn't for everybody, like I said, then I'll, I'll pull together a short list of three to five businesses. Um, and then we'll actually work really closely together. So a big part of what I do is create a safe place to learn about those businesses because it's overwhelming. Um, I, I was talking with a client yesterday. And he said, you know, frankly, uh, go into a franchise website, type in in my phone number, my email address, my first name, my last name, and my net worth <laughs> is, is, not, is not like a, a process that inspires a lot of you know, confidence. It makes me feel kind of afraid. Like I'm going to get on the phone and and be disqualified from even looking at this business because I'm not financially qualified. And so a big part of what I do is just kind of hold their hand as they go through that um, and help them make sure they're asking the right questions and getting good answers to their most important questions. Hmm. What do you, what do you, how do you feel about uh, a franchise or uh, as a second stream of income rather than a new transition into a new job, a new career, a new business venture, uh, a new investment. Uh, what about as a, as a second stream of income? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, side hustles have become really uh, popular and, and common lately. And some, and you know, I talked about a few of the indicators that would lead somebody into a conversation with me. And typically if they are financial, if, if the indicators are more financially driven, then they will want to look into businesses where they get to keep their job full time. Um, but maybe they do have, maybe they are at a stage of life. Uh, again, with my three kids, this is not the stage that I'm in, but maybe they are in a stage of life where they've got some extra time in the evenings or the weekends to manage a business, uh, even though they're not going to be able to be there full time. And in that case, we'll just kind of look at a different set. So, so basically that goal I just described is just one of, one of a list of many goals that people will have. And if that's their particular goal um, is to have something that they can do on the side for an additional stream of revenue, um, then we'll look at business models that are looking for those kinds of entrepreneurs uh, where, you know, kind of a semi-absentee or more passive involvement is what's required. Hmm. So what, as in that specific situation where it's uh, uh, somebody that has some extra time on top of their full-time job, what, what are uh, off the top of your head some franchises that would work for them? 
Um, you know, it's it's tough to use specific examples, but I have a, I, you know, I'll do my best. So, and the reason I say that is because, you know, a lot of times a franchise brand will be sold out in a particular market. Mm-hmm. And so what's almost more important to do than finding the particular brand first is thinking about categories. And so a category, um, and I will use some examples uh, of business, is one that has a really simple business model where the customer can self-serve as much as possible or where the product or service that's provided can be done by um, you know, a, a labor pool that's relatively easy to find and also can manage themselves. So a couple of examples that I think of um, are you know, cell phone repair, computer repair, kind of technology repair stores have gotten fairly popular. And a few years ago, we saw the self-serve frozen yogurt kind of trend get pretty popular. Both of those are incredible business models for having as a side hustle because the entire business model is oriented around um, being very simple and easy to run with one or two employees at the store. Um, and so the owner just doesn't need to be there to close deals, to, to find new customers. Um, a lot of that can take care of itself. The owner really needs to be there to have overall financial governance uh, and oversight of the business. Interesting. That makes total sense. What 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 are the, some of the hotter, more popular franchises that you see coming around right now? Either that people or your clients are finding more and more enticing, or that are just really popping up everywhere. Um, the thing I would primarily encourage listeners on this topic is it, it's a it's an incredible question that I would say ninety percent of the people that I work with will start out asking me that. But there are so many different industries that all have their own sub-markets when you're talking about small business. Mm. And so franchising is actually not one thing. Like I said, there's 180 businesses that I work with. There's actually 6,500 franchise brands worldwide. Um, and so each one of those are in its own industry. And so the frozen yogurt industry has a different market cycle um, than the you know, computer repair and, and technology retail store industry. And so there's about, usually when I do some of those initial intake forms and and skills assessments and things like that, I also ask people about the industries that they're interested in. And I use a list that has about 60 or 70 industries on it. Each one of those industries uh, has its own, what's hot now, where is it trending, where is it going? And a lot of them aren't even consumer brands, right? So we have a tendency to think of, um, the the bishops cut and color the the great clips the chick fil a the l a fitness you know these things that we're very familiar with right mcdonald's um, but th- we're familiar with them because they're consumer brands and I am a consumer uh, and so you know it's like I need my house cleaned on a weekly or or semi monthly basis and so I'm familiar with the maids and I'm familiar with um, you know two men in a truck moving, right? Because I'm familiar with these because sometimes I need those things. Sure. Of the, of the 180 brands, at least half of them are business-to-business brands. So one of my favorite clients was uh, played for the Seattle Seahawks. And he took an injury at the end of one season and uh, was able to go back and play, thankfully, but really just started to get nervous about kind of finishing his career in football. Uh, but he, he told me, you know, in our first meeting, when I was asking him what's going on with his career, he said, you know, my entire career has been about football. These are the skills that I have. I don't have other skills that I can put on a resume. So what do I do? How do I keep the lifestyle up that I've maintained for myself or built for myself? 
And I talked to him recently. He's about 11 months into his business, and he called me very excited because he had um, he's almost about to hit this goal of bringing in you know $50,000 a month of gross revenue. He's very excited about that. Yeah. Um, and it is exciting, right? And, and he, he ended up in a business that he had never heard of before. Frankly, I had never heard of it before I started working with him. Where in the business that he does, the customer is hospitals and college campuses and any business that has a commercial kitchen. So you think about that, you think about commercial kitchens, you go, okay, well, I think about fast food restaurants. I think about Chick-fil-A and McDonald's, but I forgot that Phoenix Children's Hospital has commercial kitchens yeah. and that uh, Chase Stadium has commercial kitchens and Talking Stick Arena. They've got dozens of fryers. And so his business, he has a team of four or five employees and four vans that go around on a daily basis and service those commercial kitchens by filtering out the deep fryer oil. Hmm. So that's not a business that would probably ever cross my lips when someone says, what's a hot business? Yeah. But it ended up accomplishing his goals. And it's not something that he would have even looked at if he tried to Google a list of the hottest franchises. Right. Well, I think that's why it's so important to, you know, a lot of people think about franchises or they go into something because, you know what, that's, uh, you know, I like, you think of a franchise, like you said, like something that's very consumer based and visible. Like, well, I like uh, McDonald's, so I want to open up a McDonald's, right? Or something like that, or or a coffee uh, shop or something like that. But does it... uh, is it fitting into your lifestyle and, and is that is best for you? And that's why having a transition coach like you is so important because I, I don't know what the rate of failure is for franchises, but I'm sure it's fairly high. Um, but I bet that once you find the right for, uh, fit for you, personality, lifestyle, finance wise, uh, personality, behavior, that it makes it so that much more successful. Truly, yeah. Tr- truly, the issue is um, acknowledging that the failure rate can be high, uh, mm-hmm. but then trying to go through a process with the support of a trusted advisor who can help you make sure that it's not going to be high for you. So it's all about finding the right match for you. And I, you, you know, what you said is exactly right. You, you wouldn't, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many groups of uh, young men come in and say, you know, man, we've always wanted to open a sports bar. We want to open a sports bar together. And I'll be like, well, you know, that's great. There could be some great, you know, sports bar franchises out there and and we can take a look at them. But first, before we do that, why don't you tell me what's important to you guys? And invariably, they all tell me they want to spend more time with their kids. Mm. And so then we'll talk about it. We'll go, now let's talk about the hours of a sports bar, when that gets busy and how busy that gets for the owners of a sports bar. And when are the most important times for you to be spending time with your kids? Mm. And we'll realize there's a major conflict in this thing that they thought would be a good fit and what they're actually trying to accomplish in their lives. Yeah. And, and so it's, impo- it's just really important to start with your goals. Sure. And they're setting themselves up for failure by doing that. That's right. Because if you're, if you're struggling in business, and so many people who start businesses struggle in business, but they get through it because they press through it. But if you're struggling and you're going through the dip that everybody goes through, and you're not making ends meet, and you know there's more months left at the end of the money, and you're coming home and you're complaining to your wife and your friends about it. And they say, you know what? We're not even accomplishing the goal of spending more time together anyway. Let's just punt this thing. What happens is because it's not lining up with your lifestyle goals, then that's why you let yourself run out of money when the going gets tough. But if your lifestyle goals are being matched and, you're, and you're, you see yourself moving the needle closer to your future goals of what you want life to look like, 
then you end up saying, well, no, let's do whatever it takes because we can see we have line of sight to the success that we've been looking for, even though we're in the dip right now. Makes total sense. Total sense. What I know we kind of talked about, I asked about some of the hot uh, franchises and, and I, it's understandable that it's, it, it really is like so personal and personalized each, each, each franchise, but, but are there certain types of franchises or certain, uh, certain franchises themselves that people should avoid or be really cautious about? Um, you know, I would, what I would say again, I, I kind of stick to categories on this. Um, so there's a couple of things that we talk about in, in the, the coaching process. And one of them is how to review success and failure rates of specific brands that you're looking at. So we go through all of this stuff, but when I know your, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your listener base has a, a finite attention span, you know, we won't get into all those details that we, I would do one-on-one with somebody. Um, but I would look at pretty tried and through business, tried and true business things like, um, I want little or no competition. It's hard to find no competition, but it's out there. There are some business models that truly can go into a market and have zero competitors because they've done something in their business model to make them uh, the only player in the space. Um, So little to no competition. I would say anytime you can have repeat business. Again, these are pretty, this is some fundamental stuff, but um, you know, if I'm a real estate agent, I don't necessarily have that same customer come back over and over again and buy things from me. But if I'm an insurance agent, then there is a very, you know, that the, the repeat nature of insurance is exactly why so many people go into insurance, right? So it's not very low competition, but there's repeat business. So it's, it's about, you know, kind of putting all these things together. So low or no competition, uh, repeat business. And then, um, another big one is low fixed cost, low overhead. So like I was talking about a second ago, when small businesses go out of business, they go out of business because they run out of money, right? It's again, super fundamental. However, um, if you don't have to make a huge real estate lease payment every month, because you didn't get a business that has to have really expensive class a retail foot traffic, um, and the kinds of businesses that I'm talking about, a lot of times are service-based businesses where instead of putting marketing out there and trying to get your customers to come into you and the space that you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars building out to compete with the, you know, the massage place down the street that also spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on their fit and finish and fixtures. Um, if you can avoid that kind of initial investment and keep overhead low, particularly month to month overhead, um, then you're just in a much better position to weather that dip that I was talking about. So low overhead, low competition, and repeat business are three major things that I would look for for somebody. M- makes so much sense. Um, are, you see, I see signs everywhere on the the highways, uh, you know, on the on the off, on and off ramps of uh, learn my system for real estate investment. <laughs> sure. You know, uh, I like know. handwritten, right? Handwritten, exactly. <laughs> do um, do you think? Stuff like that, like obviously they're getting people to sign up for that kind of stuff. But do you think that that's a, a scam or is it legitimate? Do you know? Um, it's well, it's just so hard to judge these things in the, in a category. Um, I, honestly, I what I would do, you know, and, and this is what we we do, is keep an open mind and explore it. And the the secret to exploring things is not necessarily listening when the fear crops up in your gut. 
but to take that fear as a, as a real sign that you have uh, a lack of information and uncertainty about something. Yeah. Right. So that's what the fear means. And so when you, when you, when you experience that and that kind of bubbles up in your chest, um, take advantage of that emotion and write it down. This is what I tell all my clients, write it down, say, I bet that's a scam, right? Just write it down. But then don't, don't, don't say, I bet that's a scam and not go look at it. Take the fact that your gut did that to you and then find a handful of people who are doing it, right? Find a handful of people who called the number (laughs) on that handwritten sign on the highway Mm -hmm. and say, I want to know about your experience with this, whatever it is, real estate education with this job. It's an incredible way to look into jobs too. So a lot of my clients will look at jobs and look at franchises together in parallel. And in both situations, if somebody wants to reinvent their career, they say, hey, I think I want to be a nurse practitioner, and I think I might want to own an urgent care franchise. Well, let's look at both. And so what we'll do is we'll find five or six people that are doing both things, and we'll set up interviews with them Hmm. and just do informational interviewing with people that are further along in the process of the thing that you're exploring. And that's truly the way to turn anecdote into data. Because if I can get a handful or two handfuls of people to tell me their story, I'll start to see patterns. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing about the stock market, right, is I've got tons of patterns. I've got tons of data. But I've got relatively meager returns. You know, it's the, it's the most consistent, highest over the course of 30 years of, of any investment that we can do, right? We all know that kind of broken record. But if I want more, I want to take on higher risk, how do I turn one person's individual anecdote and experience with owning a small business into data, I have to interview six to 12 of them. Once I do that, then I start to go, Oh, I I think I can, I think I can do this myself. I can see this in the above average return camp (laughs) because I've interviewed a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's the thing I would encourage people to do to turn their fear into an opportunity to listen to somebody, tell them a story about something that they don't know about, and then encourage them to put multiple stories together and turn anecdote into data. Definitely. So smart. And you're, you're taking, you know, time, but you're not wasting money necessarily, right? Like so some people just say, well, I'm just going to jump in and kind of get started with this franchise or whatever and then see what happens. But, but you, by getting data and getting smart and getting some actual, seeing some patterns uh, and really making a judgment, you're, you're taking some time, but you're being smart about it at the same time. Absolutely. And it does take time. I mean, I think everybody knows the, the, um, the saying that looking for a job is a full-time job. And I would say the same thing about looking for a business. Ah. Um, you really need to set aside a good amount of time and maybe not 40 hours a week. Um, but I would say, you know, five to 10 possibly per week just to learn if this might be a good fit for you before you even know if you're going to jump in with both feet. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's why you really do need to, um, you don't have to be serious about starting a business, but you have to be serious about finding out if it's a good option for you. Sure, definitely. Well, we've gotten through, uh, you know, kind of your process and 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 talking about the different franchises and types and what to consider and and avoid. What are and it's, I know it's so widespread, but what could you could somebody expect as an initial investment in a franchise? And uh, are there any risks for franchises for getting into a franchise? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, it's certainly a, a risky thing. Um, you know, the, the risk is that you would make an investment and then uh, the business would fail and you would be out the money that you invested. 
Um, there's probably some other non-financial risks too, because it's hard work. Um, but you know, I think the idea is I've seen myself put this kind of time and energy into building someone else's wealth, my employer. And I'd like to reinvest that time and energy into my own business so that when that, you know, when I am doing a good job, which I've seen myself do in the past time and time again, I am building uh, the dreams that my family and I have for our lives, not the dreams that somebody else have for their family and their lives. So that's the risk. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a second part of your question, which I just forgot. <laughs> oh, just that's okay. The uh, and I, I asked two completely different questions, so I apologize about that. But uh, the uh, what would you what would you expect or uh, for an initial investment in a franchise? Like, what are some of the franchise fees? And uh, on average, I mean, it's, I know it's a widespread, but what, what do you what do you typically see? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Everybody wants to know, um, and it's it's hard to answer, just like all of the other ones I've answered, right? Because it's like there's such a range. Um, but I, I was teaching an entrepreneurship class at a community college in town, and we walked through this with the students. And um, you know, we talked about let's say you want to open a Chinese restaurant, and let's and so we put up two columns on the whiteboard, and on the left was I'm going to start my own Chinese food restaurant, and on the and I'm going to start it from scratch. And on the right was, I'm going to start a Panda Express, right? A pretty, pretty popular Chinese food franchise restaurant. Mm -hmm. And on the, on the left, down the left-hand, furthest left column, we listed all of the expenses. And so this is, a, like I said, an entrepreneurship class. So we had gone through, you know, building out financial statements and pro formas and business plans. And so they were familiar with this. Um, and we're listing, okay, well, I'm going to have to buy chairs. I'm going to have to buy tables. I'm going to have to make a menu. I'm going to have to hire a chef. I'm going to have to hire, you know, wait staff. I need to get a point of sale system, right? We just listed all of the things that you needed to do to start a Chinese restaurant. And at the bottom, we totaled up the two and we said, is it going to be more expensive or less expensive uh, to do the franchise model or the start it yourself model? And my point saying this is because we were kind of neck and neck. And of course, there's different opinions in the room. But my point is, it's not really more expensive to open a franchise than an independent business. It has way more to do with, is it a Chinese food restaurant? Is it a commercial cleaning business? Is it a fitness and you know gym? And the, and the function of what makes a business a large investment or a small investment is if I'm going to open my own real estate business, I need to go spend two or three thousand dollars on school and a license, and then I'm in business. You know, and then I've got some advertising costs. If I'm going to open a Chinese food restaurant, I'm going to put a couple hundred thousand dollars into all those things that I mentioned a second ago, and so the franchise fee is usually between 30 and $50,000 regardless of the business, right? That's pretty much how much franchise fees are. And that's the amount that you write a check to, to Panda Express or McDonald's or LA fitness or whatever to get to, to own the license to operate their business model. So that's pretty consistent. Um, and so the question is if I put $50,000 into owning a Panda Express Chinese food restaurant, Am I going to get more than $50,000 of value out of the next 10 years of owning this business to make it worth following somebody else's recipe and system to build the business than if I try to figure out a Chinese food restaurant on my own? Mm -hmm. um, so I know that's a long way to answer your question. I'd say uh, if somebody comes to me, we usually look to, to borrow money and usually the Small Business Administration is who is guaranteeing these small business startup loans um, that I usually help my clients find. And usually we kind of start with around $150,000 target on how much of a loan to get. Um, and they usually, so I keep saying usually, they usually require a 10% equity injection. 
Um, now rates have changed a lot in 2018, um, but generally, uh, again, you know, we're talking about prime plus a few percent. So um, the last time I looked, we were in the sevens or low eights on percentage rates with ten-year terms for these SBA loans that you can get with a ten percent equity injection. So just to use real numbers, if somebody had good credit and fifteen thousand dollars, then they could leverage that into a $150,000 loan plus their $15,000 is $165,000 that they have that they'll pay back over the course of 10 years with a 7.5% interest rate. In many cases, that works out to be about a you know $1,500 to $1,800 a month payment that they are then able to use as working capital. They can use it to pay the franchise fee. In some cases, they can even use it to pay their own salary while they're going through that dip and the income from the business can't pay their salary. So it's, it's not for everybody. Uh, it doesn't work for everybody. I've had many clients that don't qualify for that. Um, but in, you know, when, when the stars align, it can be a way, great way to go into business for yourself if it's something that you've dreamt about for a long time. Definitely. And I think it's, it's something that people always think about. Well, I want to I have my own business. I want to start my own business. I want to do something for myself. I want to do something for my family, for my legacy. But... The, the complexities and, like you said, the variability of franchises, people don't consider that it how, – how I want to say lucrative, but how, how successful you can be and how lucrative it can be when it's done correctly. And uh, I'm sure that the failure rate is so high because people don't do it correctly, so that's when somebody like you comes in. Yeah, and, um, and, and the other thing, it's, it's, uh, it's tempting to only look at the expenses, right? People that are going into business for themselves for the first time tend to think about making a $165,000 investment into something like buying a car. You know, they yeah. go, well, gosh, that's really expensive. I want to get the least expensive one. And, and so a big part of what we're doing in the coaching is, well, how do I know what I'm going to get out of that business, not only in month nine, when it's probably not very much, but in year nine? Right, So how do I put a spreadsheet together and put a plan together that's going to show me on paper with a certain degree of confidence that after I've been doing this for as long or you know half as long as I've been in my career in corporate America, that I'm going to be able to pull so much money out of this business that I'm going to be able to replace everything I pulled out of my stock market investments, everything I, uh, you know, I borrowed, I'm going to be able to pay back the debt, I'm going to be able to pay my own salary that I've been making at you know, Honeywell or Intel for the last 20 years, or I'm going to be able to double it or triple it, use the extra to start more stores or open more locations, pay and pay staff, you know, leave a legacy for my family, or I can sell the business and then use the, the sale, the asset growth, just like buying a house and then selling it later or buying stocks low and selling them high. There's an asset there in my business too. And so we look at how do I not get discouraged or distracted by a large investment up front but how do I use generally accepted accounting principles to spread that out across 10 years and really get a good picture of if I've got three to five years or I've got 10 to 20 years, but I don't have the full 30 I need to leave my money in a mutual fund, can I get better returns than some of the other alternatives that I have? Hmm. Makes total sense. Well, before, hey, before we wrap up here, I want to ask you, this is uh, uh, Totally kind of off topic, but but totally on topic. But do you do you watch the show The Profit? Sometimes. Maybe, so it's a Mark great show. Yeah, it's yeah. a great show. You you enjoy it? You think it's uh, pretty good? 
Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you know, I'm 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 easily entertained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I kind of think about that when I when I think about you too, and the fact that you're like if you were so if, for those of you who don't know what the profit is, it's on is it on CNBC or. Yeah, that's right. I think CNBC. Uh, yeah, I think it's CNBC. But basically, Marcus Lemonis is this very successful. Um, uh, I guess he owns a lot of franchises, but he only, he's he uh, investor and uh, businessman, and so he'll go in and he'll um, somebody will say, "Hey, my business is failing." Kind of like Gordon Ramsay's, um, uh, oh, where he goes into the restaurants that are failing. But he, yeah, yeah, yeah. These people, uh, their their businesses are failing, and he goes and says, you know, here here's what I see is wrong with your business. Here's how I'm going to fix it. I'm going to offer you this amount, but I'm going to take 50% ownership, and, but here's your money for some more capital so we can get things working. And he basically figures out this deal for them to, um, to uh, improve their system. But a lot of these people uh, are are have started their own businesses and been somewhat successful, but they start to work out on, on franchising themselves Hmm. and, and, and they're just completely botching it and, and, uh, and almost, almost scam artists, I'd say not, not really, but they're, they're really pulling it over on these for their franchisees. And it's very interesting. So, but it's, uh, he, he goes to all different kinds of, of stores and restaurants and businesses and, and really turns them over and some do well and some don't. He, we were, my wife and I were just watching one the other day where he, uh, um, actually said, Nope, I I'm done. I am. And he walked off the set and said, I'm done. I'm not working with you anymore. Where I, you, you keep the money. See you later. And, uh, so he, he's not just all, uh, happiness and, and, uh, kittens at the end. It's, uh, he, he, he tells it like it is. So it's very interesting, but I kind of see that he is the, after the fact, uh, franchise and, and you're the getting to someone to there. Do you help people after the fact they get into their franchise? Do you help them with more analysis or more coaching? Um, so I try to stay in touch with my clients for sure. Uh, I was telling you the story about, you know, my client, uh, mm-hmm. who, well, was with the Seahawks. Um, but honestly, that's one of the best things about being a franchisee in a good, not any, but a good franchise system is that, that's the support that you're getting from them. So a big part of what we're evaluating when we're looking at, you know, three to five different franchise brands that are a good fit for somebody is let's spend time meeting the head of marketing at headquarters. Let's spend time meeting the HR director. Let's spend time meeting the operations director and the founder and the CEO. And, um, and, and then let's interview, we talked about informational interviewing. Let's interview other franchisees that are in the system that are in your exact market and that are in the market next door and the market across the country because mm. that's your support team. And if you can't find people that are in the brand that are doing well and want to help each other, it may not be a good system to join. Yeah. Um, it, it's really one of the cool things about franchising is uh, it's, it's almost this interesting hybrid model where I have similar support and camaraderie and systems uh, and, and a team atmosphere like I do in a job in corporate America, but I own my own business. I have equity. I call the shots. I make decisions. I'm the one who decides the, you know, when I'm going to work and who I'm going to work with and all those things, but I'm not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That support is, uh, is super important just with anything. And, you know, any business, when you're kind of stranded by yourself, you don't know how to grow. You don't know how to handle situations and, and, uh, support of people that have been there and done that is super important. Absolutely. So uh, let's, uh, 
say somebody has has been listening the past thirty eight minutes and and been interested in uh, contacting you. What what are some some good ways to get in touch with you, or where are you on social media? What do you where can they contact you? Yeah, sure. Um, the last thing I want to do is, is waste anybody's time, but I am always available for a quick phone call to see. It, like I said, if, if we even like each other. So my phone number is 480-213-6214. You can always give me a call and have a quick conversation. Um, I also post my calendar online at laurenkutsko.com, L-O-R-E-N-K-U-T-S-K-O.com, where you can schedule yourself a, a free 30-minute appointment to chat about some things that you're dealing with. Um, so I try to make it pretty easy for people. Uh, I've got a few videos at facebook.com slash coach. Great. And then uh, tell us about your podcast a little bit. Yeah, um, it's always fun, uh, uh, you know, kind of being a guest uh, guest on another podcast. Uh, we've got a weekly podcast called Faith, Work, and Rest. Uh, and we basically um, interview different guests, uh, both thought leaders in this space. So there's a lot of people out there that are kind of talking about the integration of faith and work, um, as well as practitioners. So people that are you know, out there um, going to jobs every day and wrestling with uh, how their work that they're doing every day integrates with their faith, uh, if that's something that's important to them. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. We, we interview some fascinating people. Um, recently had a, the Chick-fil-A owner uh, from one of the Phoenix Chick-fil-A's on there talking about how that happens for him. Um, I think this last week we had a hairstylist, which was a lot of fun to interview him. But then we've also done, you know, some authors and speakers and, uh, we had a neuroscience scientist once. So we, we get a good variety of people on there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being with us today. And, uh, it's been great talking with you and I, uh, I mean, super fascinating. This just a whole other layer and level of, uh, of success than people can have with, with, uh, with franchises, but then also, you know, finding the right one with a, a transition coach and a franchise coach like yourself. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been my pleasure, Michael. I appreciate it. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. If you would like more information about our financial coaching programs or how we can help you take the stress out of money, please check out our website at www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. Please join our private Facebook group by searching Facebook for overcoming financial stress with the saver and the spender. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. And we'll see you on the next episode of Overcoming Financial Stress with the Saver and the Spender, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.